welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is Tuesday of the ninth week of Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, whose providence never fails in its design, keep from us, we humbly beseech you, all that might harm us, and grant all that works for our good. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the second letter of St. Peter. You should be living holy and saintly lives while you wait and long for the day of God to come, when the sky will dissolve in flames and the elements melt in the heat. What we are waiting for is what he promised, the new heavens and new earth, the place where righteousness will be at home. So then, my friends, while you are waiting, do your best to live lives without spot or stain so that he will find you at peace. Think of our Lord's patience as your opportunity to be saved. You have been warned about this, my friends. Be careful not to get carried away by the errors of unprincipled people from the firm ground that you are standing on. Instead, go on growing in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. To him be glory, in time and in eternity. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. Before the mountains were born, or the earth, or the world brought forth, you are God, without beginning or end. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. You turn men back to dust and say, Go back, sons of men. To your eyes a thousand years are like yesterday, come and gone, no more than a watch in the night. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. Our span is seventy years, our eighty for those who are strong, And most of these are emptiness and pain. They pass swiftly and we are gone. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. In the morning, fill us with your love. We shall exult and rejoice all our days. Show forth your work to your servants. Let your glory shine on their children. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. Alleluia, alleluia. May the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ enlighten the eyes of our heart that we may see how great is the hope to which we are called. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. 
Glory to you, O Lord. The chief priests and the scribes and the elders sent to Jesus some Pharisees and some Herodians to catch him out in what he said. These came and said to him, Master, we know you're an honest man, that you are not afraid of anyone, because a man's rank means nothing to you, and that you teach the way of God in all honesty. Is it permissible to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay, yes or no? Seeing through their hypocrisy, he said to them, Why do you set this trap for me? Hand me a denarius and let me see it. They handed him one and he said, Whose head is this? Whose name? Caesar's, they told him. Jesus said to them, Give back to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God. This reply took them completely by surprise. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, here we are back into the cycle of ordinary time. If you do get to Mass today, I'll I'll just forewarn you, we're going to be wearing green. Um, We haven't seen that since February 25th, the day before Ash Wednesday. And uh, it feels like a long time ago particularly considering everything that's changed since the coronavirus. So I just say that to forewarn you, be prepared, liturgical green. I always find it difficult, though, going back to ordinary time, having had Lent and Easter and Pentecost and, and now the you know feast of Mary, the mother of the church. You suddenly pick up ordinary time sort of in the middle of nowhere. It's the ninth week of ordinary time this week. And, you know, we're partway through the second letter of St. Peter. We're partway through the gospel according to Mark. And you kind of got to pause and take your bearings for a second. We pick up Mark now a good way into the gospel. Uh, Jesus has already entered into Jerusalem. And now he's having these terrific controversies with Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes, elders, chief priests, Herodians, you name it. Everyone's kind of ganging up on Jesus. And and here we can see there are two groups of people who are absolute sworn enemies, the Pharisees and the Herodians. You know, those who are completely opposed to the Roman occupation and those who are collaborators of the Roman occupation. And these guys, they, they team up in order to stick it to Jesus. And here's the thing, they actually try to stick it to Jesus over the question of the Roman occupation. You see, what they're doing is they're putting Jesus on the horns of a dilemma. Is it permissible to pay taxes to Caesar or not? If Jesus says no, then he's in trouble with the Romans. If Jesus says yes, then he's in trouble with the Pharisees and with the people of Israel. He he looks like a sellout. And of course, perfectly, Jesus manages to expose their trap but Jesus isn't just being tricky here. He's not just, you know, giving a politician's answer to a gotcha question on Q&A. He says, give back to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but give to God what belongs to God. So it's a fair question then. Okay, well, what belongs to God? What do we owe him? You know, it's interesting in the Summa Theologica, St. Thomas Aquinas He looks at the question of religion as a virtue, and he actually places religion under the broader virtue of justice, of giving what is owed. 
you know, justice is all about making sure that, you know, we, we pay our debts and that we live in right relationship with one another. And he, he says, look, religion is actually about living in right relationship with God. So what is it that we owe him? Well, you pause for a second, you go, hang on a second. I owe him everything. I mean, sure, I could look at all my achievements in life and I could say, well, you know what? I worked hard for all of this, but whose time did I use? Whose talents did I employ? Everything we have from God. So what do I owe him? I owe him praise and thanksgiving. And I think this becomes the secret, firstly, of a, of a happy life, but also a life of right religion, of, of being in right relationship with God, of, of giving to God what belongs to God. There's an interesting ploy that Jesus uses in the gospel today. He asks for a coin. He asks for a denarius. And, you know, whose who's image is stamped on it? It's, it's Caesar, of course. But, you know, carry the argument further. Where is God's image stamped? It's not on a measly coin. We go back to the book of Genesis. We read that God created man in his image and likeness. You may well have a coin that's stamped with the head of the monarch, but you are stamped with the image of God. Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Give to God what belongs to God. And what bears his image? Me. My life. That's what I owe him. But here's the thing. It's not a slavish debt. We don't owe him as if we were debtors at the bank, having to return something that was borrowed. No, we've received our lives as a gift. But when we receive a gift, especially one that's extremely extravagant, well, what do we owe the giver? A thanks, at the very least, but also a friendship. God gives us our lives, and it it really is a gift. He entrusts our lives into our own hands. You know, he's not behind the scenes pulling the puppet strings. We're free. But he's given us this gift not to get rid of us, but to draw us into his love and into his friendship. So give to God what belongs to God. What's that? It's our friendship. To give him thanks and praise, and in this way to allow our lives truly to flourish. So maybe it's worth carrying those two words around with us today. Thanks and praise. And then just see how our day unfolds. In gratitude and in adoration, we start to discover that our lives are in fact surrounded by God's loving providence and that our lives are just an expression of his great glory. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, Come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test. And deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.